0: So let's shimmy on over and get started. Oh, I'm looking forward to this podcast always. I love meeting the guests and today's guest is the gorgeous Casey Cumbers. And I met Casey earlier in the year when she attended one of the happiness hangouts that I run here in Canberra and she turned up on her own. Um, not knowing any of the other guests and looking to be part of a community and to create some new friendship. And she's been a central part of that community ever since, which has been beautiful getting to know Casey. But before I introduce you to her, my impression of Casey is that she's an extremely brave woman and brave, stretching her comfort zone, rocking up somewhere where she doesn't know anyone and I know she's done that several other times as well and also in response to this podcast that this podcast is in the series of part of the mini-series about confidence and I did a shout out in the community seeing if anybody wanted to share their stories and Casey embraced that opportunity so I guess it's about that trying new things So I love that. And many of the the guests on this podcast, it's the first time that they've been a guest on a podcast. And they often say to me, like, who would be interested in even listening or to my story? And oh, my gosh, there are so many people interested. And I get so much feedback about the power of the conversations that we have and the pearls of wisdom that drop. So the benefits to the the podcast are just so many layers. The, The listeners benefit, I benefit because I get to know my guests at an even deeper level and the guests absolutely get to benefit too because it's by sharing their stories is a real confidence booster for them as well. So I'm looking forward to hearing Casey's story. How are you, Casey? How are you today? Oh, really good. Thank you. Now tell me, and I start the podcasts off just getting a little bit of a snapshot of what stage of life our guests are at and where they're currently living. So what stage of life? Where are you at in life?
1: Happily married, have been for uh, six years at the moment, going on seven. So my hubby and I have been together for nine years. We have a beautiful fur child, Cinder, who is turning 17 next month. So they're probably some of my key people in my life or my family. And we've recently moved to Canberra, as you said, at the start in, I think it was December last year that we moved from Adelaide. So originally from New South Wales. And then, yeah, we were in Adelaide before we came to Canberra.
0: And so do you know anybody? What's Do you travel around with work or is that with?
1: My husband's work. So we have to move quite a fair bit in terms of his work. And it can depend on what's different parts. So sometimes we know where we're going. We'll understand where we're going. And other times it may change slightly as well.
0: Oh, okay. So lots of change in life around things. Do you know people here in Canberra? Oh uh,
1: we had a few friends, and we recently connected with a couple of those people. But a lot of our family have actually moved away from Canberra. They went up to the sunny state of Queensland, which I think a lot of Canberraans they do. do that.
0: Yeah, yeah, they do that because <laughs> it's cold. It gets cold here in winter, and Queensland, yeah, yeah a beautiful place. But so it's
1: um, a little bit different I think coming back now when we first met here where we had the family and everybody here now we don't and my husband grew up here as well so it's very different as well.
0: yes oh that'd be interesting coming back to a place that you've grown up in and been away and he would see lots of changes as well but it's an interesting that would be interesting yeah that would be interesting so where did you grow up you grew up in Mm-hmm. Uh, so,
1: yeah, so I grew up in New South Wales. So I grew up in country town Orange for a little bit. And then we moved from Orange when I was, I think we were in year five. So 95, we then moved up to the central coast to a place called Warnervale and we lived up there basically up until my teens and stuff like that. So a bit of country, a bit of coast.
0: Yeah. Oh, beautiful Orange. Um, my grandmother grew up in Orange or she lived in Orange, so we spent a lot of time there as kids when she was living there, and I grew up in Young, which was kind of down the road a little bit. So coastal to teenage years, what happened then? Did you
1: start um, in Yeah, York? so basically I was living on the Central Coast, and I got a traineeship, and I was working for an accounting firm in North Sydney, so I was travelling down on the train to Sydney every day to and from. What's that, that about
0: an hour and a half, an
1: hour? Yeah, back in those days, I think it's about an hour and a half. So I used to get maybe to two hours, depending on how slow the trains were.
0: Oh, there and back. Goodness, commute. Uh, Yeah, yeah,
1: so two hours each way. But, you know, from there, basically, I did that for a couple of years up until I was about 24. Yeah. and then I moved to Sydney, took the big leap because I was like, well, I've been traveling here for yes. so long. And now it's time to get some time back. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I basically spent majority of my time in Sydney after that.
0: Okay. And is that where you met your husband?
1: Yeah, I was living in Balmain at the time and he was living in Canberra and then, um, yeah, we were introduced through Facebook, um, for a friend. And then, yeah, from there we went on a blind date and then happily married since. Oh
0: my gosh. Casey, you're, a, you are brave. You are, it's almost like you're, take that step out and just see what happens. Is that, have you always been like that?
1: I think I just, I don't like to get stuck in the norm. A lot of my friends used to say, you're just going to meet someone at the pub. Well, that just didn't seem to happen. And because I was (laughs) travelling for work and stuff like that, and I thought, well, if anybody's going to be a good judge, of character of somebody for me, was potentially this person. So I was like, well, why not? Like, what have I got to lose? I think I was, I just turned 30. So in that 30 kind of crusade period where you're (laughs) out of that learning period of your 20s. And I think then I was just like, well, what have I got to lose when I was at that age? I kind of was like, well, what I've been doing hasn't been working, so why not? Oh, that's that's
0: almost like, what have I got to lose? I think that's almost from some of the things where I've met you as well and you've gone to events and you've stepped out of, you know, because going to an event where you don't know anyone can be a bit daunting, but it also can be a great opportunity to, you know, what have you got to lose? And it's almost like when you said you have met your husband and you're together and very happily married, that sounds like a really good outcome.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the whole thing of just getting yourself there. I think because my husband and I have such a really close relationship together, when I was talking to him about going to certain events and stuff like that, I looked at past experiences where I hadn't done it soon enough and then I made all these really good relationships and we were about to leave. So I was like, Well, I'm not gonna do that again. I wanna have them try and have it happen from word goat. And then he's been a big supporter of with me. Um, I think it even with the first two events it was I'll help coach you. He was coaching me a lot to say, It's okay, you'll be all right. Like what what can you do? Just go and see if it's for you or not. Like Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's great. That that is so good. Would you would you consider yourself to be a confident person?
1: I think I'm a mixture of both. I can have peaks of confidence. Yeah. I think yeah. I can I can be brave, like you said, yeah. but yeah. then be having the confidence about, about being brave, sometimes I probably don't have. Yeah. It goes through peaks and troughs, I think. I'm happy to do the brave part of, yeah, I'll give it a go. <laughs> Let's just see what happens. I'm not much of a risk taker, I would say. Normally I like things planned out, but if I can make sure that I've put a plan in place that I know that, you know, if this happens, this happens, I'll be all right, then I'm happy to step out of that comfort zone, I think, a little bit more and have that confidence to do that and be a little bit more brave.
0: Yeah, you know, I relate to that. I have elements where I am really confident. And then there's elements when I second guess almost everything that I do, but I do like to have a framework in place where I can have, you know, a bit of planning, a bit of structure so I can be, you know, is it flexible, confident within that framework? Like it's interesting because there's sometimes that I'm completely spontaneous and love the unknown, but there's other times when I just go, Oh no, nah, I need to know the 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 ins and outs and stuff so I can be confident within that mm, it's interesting isn't it how yeah and I, as I'm talking about that i I couldn't even pinpoint what the specifics are if I was coaching myself right now, I'd ask <laughs> more details, but i won't I won't do that I won't do that so elements of confidence, elements of feeling brave and stepping out.
1: Yeah, and there is that self doubt there, I think, like what you're talking about where you go, what I've found is, is not mulling over it. Like, Mm -hmm. I think if you do something in when you're being confident, you should be, I spent a lot of time in the past mulling over that part going, oh, did I do the right thing? Did I? questioning it a lot. And I spent too much time in that spot. And what I've found now is, is that I'm able to, Kind of get myself out of that and I might do it for a brief, like, you know, a couple hours ago or, okay, cool, but I'm not doing it for a week straight like I used to where I'm dwelling on things. And cause I, it just, it, I just worked out that it was just so counteractive and the way it was making me feel was just, it wasn't allowing me to step out of my comfort zone because I was always really worried about oh, I'm going to have to go through this down cycle afterwards of this, I get this confidence high or this brave, being brave, and then it's just going to mull down, like I'm going to go on the downhill slope again. So, but, yeah.
0: I love that. And you sound very self-aware. You sound very self-aware about the cycles that you go through and some strategies of how to move through it. And We will talk more about those But I love what you just said there about not dwelling on things. And my version of that is, you know, have my five minute pity party about whatever happened and allow myself to, you know, to feel shitty about it, but not to stay there. That I've learned those strategies not to stay there because it's draining and it blocks future stuff and
1: I think you don't have to be happy all the time either. No. So there may be periods where that needs to be a little bit longer. and I think the my husband said, always says to me, oh you're just so positive all the time, you've got this view on it and it's like, well, but sometimes I don't and that's where you know us together in our relationship will help each other in terms of going, hey, it's not as doom as gloom as what we think it is. look what's mm-hmm. going on.
0: Or oh, yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful to have that connection. And I would say that you're probably wired for positivity. And I come across this a lot of the time with different people. I, I have that same wiring. But it doesn't mean that I'm happy and positive all the time. Like I have stuff that happens in my life and stuff that's pretty Crappy and I go through stuff, but I don't get stuck in that stuff. I I sort of have some strategies that help me to move through it. And I think sometimes people confuse positivity with that's bullshit. You can't be like that. Yes.
1: Um, Do you find that? Do you find that? Yeah. Yeah. They're like, well, it can't always be positive, but it's like, but it's not about it. The situation being positive. Mm. It's about the outlook that you have or how you've kind of made peace with it, that it's, you know, it's about your peace and what peace you've made with that decision or whatever it is, that you either can't change it or it is what it is and sometimes you just got to move through it.
0: Yeah. And a big fit thing for me is to what can I learn from this that will help me to deal with it if it happens again? But often when I get the learnings from it, I then don't have to deal with those things again. It's when I don't get the learnings that the things keep hitting me in the face.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Have there been
0: sort of certain events in your life that have maybe impacted your confidence more than others?
1: Yeah, I would say so. I think from a younger childhood, like, I think everybody goes through the stages of a bit of bullying and stuff, self-image and stuff like that. So I think I was, got myself, you know, you've always got that self-awareness about, you know, who you are, what you look like and stuff like that. So that's always been one thing I think that I've had to deal with. I think in my older, more recently, if I think of an example where I've gone through that and probably it was, I think, I wouldn't say the worst period in my time, but I feel like that it impacted me the most was we thought we had it made. We were living in Newcastle up in Nelson's Bay by the beach. We had everything worked out in terms of jobs where my job where I was heading in terms of my career path and stuff I was like. Great, you know, we don't have any kids so, you know, I invest a lot and have always had a lot of self-worth from my career and I've always gotten a lot back from it as well. Like I feel I'm very rewarded by what I do. It's not saving people's lives or anything like that but I am rewarded by what I do. Beautiful. um, The plan that we had put in place that we thought was going to happen, we thought, okay, great, it's only going to change slightly, this is what's going to happen. And then we were told we were actually, the planet changed completely. They couldn't explain to us why. So there was no reason why we were being told we were, something was changing. And uh, we were told we were moving to Adelaide. So I think we found out in August. And then we basically had literally till the end of the year to get ready to move our whole life over to Adelaide.
0: So you were going down one path thinking that you were going to be, Staying um, in little, Newcastle?
1: Well, around in New South Wales, yes. we thought yes. that, you know, we're still in that central hub of where yes. we're from. And, you know, everything had been ticked in the boxes. Everything went being led to believe this is what it was. Yes. And then, yeah, that plan completely changed.
0: So for those listening not in Australia, New South Wales is on the east coast, midway up Australia. Adelaide is... 1200 kilometres, probably 1400 kilometres away, 1500 kilometres away from Sydney. So a day's drive and a completely different state in the, the country. So did you have to change, job? did you have a job lined up where you were going?
1: No, so that was part of the process that I had to go through. So I've worked for the same company now for, I think I've been there 12 years and I love it. I've had lots of different roles. At this point, the role I was doing wasn't portable and we were in that time where it was pre-COVID and no one used to work from home, different states or anything like that. So it was a very different time to what we're in now.
0: So how did you manage that finding out? So number one, you'd had everything sort of organised, but then that was just thrown up in the air without really an explanation as to why. and you didn't have a lot of time to reorganise your life. What impact did that have?
1: I um, didn't handle it well. So I think people always say that you knew this when you signed up, when you married him, that you could move. But I think it's very different when you're told a certain scenario is going to happen and then it changes because had we been told the other way beforehand, then I probably would have had more time to prepare. So for me, this felt like it was – the end of the world and um, I was like oh my god I'm gonna have no job no career and what am I gonna do like how are we gonna pay our bills you know yeah. we're modest people we don't have a lot how what's gonna happen to our worlds as we know it, basically
0: yeah so a lot of questioning and a lot of the unknown and as you said this is before COVID and what I've heard you say too is that you really get a lot of you love your work and you get a lot of value out of your work and then finding out that potentially you would have to leave the job role. And what does that mean for you in moving? What does it mean for you in your career? And I can imagine, were there questions about what does it mean for you as a a person? Yeah. What was sort of I- going on? Talk me through what was going on for you.
1: Yeah, I was really worried about that if I didn't have my job, what would I be? Like I mm-hmm. kind of, I took a lot of people, whenever they talked to me, it was never, you know, uh, how's everything going? It'd always be, oh, how's work going for you? You yeah. know, yeah. Oh, I saw you doing this or you doing that. Like everybody's used that always to engage with me because they've always seen that as, you know, uh, my husband always says, he goes, oh, I've got a career focused wife. Like that's, that's who she is. Yeah. So I was worried about that. I was like, well, who will I be without that? The Adelaide job market as well. Like it's not Sydney. It's not Canberra. It's not like a a huge um, CBD area. So, you know, the opportunities I was worried about in terms of what I would have in terms of options down there. And what that would do in terms of me having to – I hadn't been out in the market for quite a long time in terms of redoing up resumes, you know, all that fun stuff that comes with moving. Oh, I
0: hear – it's like that, who am I without work? And we often do when we are introduced to somebody new, the question is, oh, what do you do? And it's like the assumption is, what, what do you do for work? And not who are you or what's, you know, going on in life, but we that tends to be an identifier for people. So what do you do? And then here you are with a, like, oh, my gosh, who am I going to be without that? And then moving to a city. Did you know anybody in Adelaide? Would you have known? No. Um, No.
1: Yeah. So we had no family and no friends, no networks down there. And when you move with my husband's occupation, you literally get to, you don't know, get to see the place online, but you don't know the area. Um, I'd never been to Adelaide before, so I had no expectations about, I was like, oh, well, what is this place? Like, where am I going? Like,
0: (laughs) There's a lot of faith there, isn't there? Like a lot of, and a lot of unknown. And you write too when people say, oh, but you knew this when you signed up for A relationship with your husband but it's different when you're actually in the midst of it sure you know it but you're actually experiencing it and it's not about discrediting or devaluing the experience that you go through there
1: but I think too as well is that you know it but it's owning it yeah. You know and in my a lot of people I find who are in a similar situation, they will and I know you can't compare but but I do sometimes. I look at it and go, You can fight this all you want, but it's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. And, and I didn't get to that point for twelve months after that I did fight it for a while, even once we got there. So <laughs> it took me a while to not that I fought it, but I just think that internal kind of dialogue was still there for me and it wasn't till I kind of had made peace with it and helped work through all the strategies that I was able to get to that point and it does take a while.
0: Oh, we're going to unpack that now because I see that a lot with people that they hang on to the thing and the emotion that they're hanging on is often anger, resentment, blame, Like why me? Why is this happening to me? I hear a lot of people going, why me? You know, we'd had our lives planned out, but now it's been changed. People have made a decision. Why me? Why? Why did this happen to me? What's your? What did you go through? What was your process?
1: I lost my confidence completely. So. I probably, I think it's the worst it would ever been in terms of self-confidence. I was having to go to partner events and stuff like that. And I had just this anxiety and stuff before that, just the pressure I felt that I was trying to impress people or show people that, hey, I can do this somewhere else in another state or believe in me so that, you know, I can maybe there'll be a person that would refer me or something for another job when I get to Adelaide. So in that kind of, I would say, the relocation period or that, there was a lot of events where I actually had to go and see, I think, a hypnotherapist to help me deal with what I was going through to give me the to help me just realise what was going on with my emotions and why I was feeling a certain way. And so I could get myself and be present at the events as well because without putting that pressure on myself that, hey, this person's going to get you a job or this person's this decision or whatever it was. And sometimes it wasn't even that. It was just that perception of, of you know, I didn't want people to feel sorry for me as well because I had chosen this. And I love my husband to death and I wouldn't ever have chosen it any other way. So I did choose this. So I didn't want that sympathy kind of as well. So, yeah, I think the what helped me through this period was the, one, the hypnotherapy. I was seeing her, I think it ended up being once, at one point it was once every two weeks for a little bit just because I was in that state and it was the only thing that seemed to just, Let me settle with what was going on and put it in a place that I could actually function. Yeah. Then I went through probably doing it monthly, and I got to a point which was really good right before the move where I I felt felt normal again a little bit. Like Mm. I don't know, normal doesn't sound right, but I just felt like I was able to function, and I was starting to get a little bit excited about the fact of hey, we're gonna do a road trip over to Adelaide. And, you know, that's exciting. We get to have this big holiday together, the two of us and our fur child. We're going to go across the country, have all these adventures, and then get to this unknown destination. So I, I, I'd kind of gone from, oh, my God, I'm, I was still worried about it from the job point yeah. of view, but I kind of tried to just put that aside so I could enjoy what we were about to do and just be confident in that, you know, hey, this is gonna be this is gonna be good. Like, who else gets to drive? How? I think it yeah. took us three weeks to get over there. We went to all different places, and when we got there, we took the wrong road into our new place, and we ended up on this dirt road. And I thought we lived in the middle of nowhere. Road <laughs> <laughs> we took. So. <laughs> oh gosh, tell me. Let me just. So when you're
0: seeing the hypnotherapist, that was when you were before you moved. Yeah. That was helping you with the strategy to be able to move. Awesome, awesome. I love hypnotherapy. I do that with some of my clients, depending on where they're at. But I love that you chose a modality. Did you know much about hypnotherapy before you?
1: No. And I read a little bit about in terms of, you know, I've heard people about doing it for weight loss or for yeah you know, smoking and stuff like that. But I'd been reading about just people with stress and periods in their life, how they were seeing results within it. And it wasn't the first session that I kind of got the most out of it. It was probably the second because I could process what was happening. But I just find I can't do meditation. I can't do mindfulness that well. (laughs) But hypnotherapy is just, oh, it just gives me this complete calm yeah. And I just feel so relaxed afterwards. It's it's incredible.
0: It's great and I think also when you say can't do meditation mindfulness to me having that active mind um the hypnotherapy the hypnosis actually bypasses the conscious mind and gets to the subconscious and it can be really really powerful for unpacking what's going on but also embedding those new suggestions about you know, reframing the situation and what you are able to do to get from fear and anxiety and overwhelm into being excited about the trip and the meaning and sure, still being nervous about it, but it's about not being overwhelmingly debilitatingly worried and nervous about it.
1: Yeah. And then I think, you know, from a maintenance point of view, what I've found is through doing some of that hypnotherapy is that I know when we did our mid-year retreat, I was mm-hmm. able to do some of the mindfulness and the <laughs> meditation because my mind is a lot slower and clearer. Yeah. And it's sometimes like you, you can self hypnotize yeah. yourself now to self regulate, I guess, your emotions. Yeah. Was
0: it a little yeah, I think um the the mid year reset that Casey was talking about, I ran a a retreat here in canberra, and there was there was quite a bit of meditation in that, and um and it's interesting because I'm not great at sitting and silencing my mind. I'm an active meditator, so yes i I get that that feeling, and it is about regulation. I love that word that you say about regulation because. Sometimes people think, oh, I've done the thing once and I should be cured. Like to me, it's this whole, it's self-discovery, it's self-management, it's self-mastery. To me, that's an evolving process. It's not just about doing one thing once or trying it once and expecting that it should have miraculous results. It's about the For me, it's almost those micro habits that you create and continue to use there. Yeah,
1: Yeah. and I think too that was what was um, made the first year by doing that self-regulation and that self-checking in. So I was quite lucky. I am incredibly lucky, I think, about it. My work actually did find me a... It's completely, it was a different opportunity, but still within the same area where I was able to trial it out for a year, you know, not change. And that was good in terms of the move where I didn't have to change everything. I was able to just change my role slightly. And then at the end of that, there was the opportunity then for us to have a conversation about you know what does that mean did I want to keep doing that and it just gave me a couple of options so when I was doing that because I was worried about still that period after that of what am I going to do if I don't like this what's going to happen then you know that first year but what actually happened was and my husband reminds me this of all the time is is that after that first year everything started to work out by taking that opportunity it actually opened up I got made I went permanent again, I got a moved into different projects and stuff like that, which is now more my niche than what I thought what I was doing before was my niche. Mm -hmm. And it's opened up so many more opportunities. And I actually, now that we're in Canberra, miss Adelaide. Like I miss... (laughs) So I've kind of come, and my husband says it all the time, he misses there too, because we did meet a lot of people and we, because COVID hit as well made a family over there with friends that we'd met and they became our family because we couldn't see anybody. So I think it all worked out in the end. We had some really good – the first year was tough but, you know, Mm I think the self-regulation helped and I I still have to do that. Like I'm not – that's not the first time I'm ever going to go through that. Mm -hmm. I find even now I still have to when I get two in my head slow things down so then I can put a plan in place so I can have the room to be confident I would say and be able to do what I need to but yeah it all worked out and no regrets like it's just it's just getting through that phase or that tough part
0: oh I love that so much that it it worked out and it opened up some opportunities that you weren't even aware of and that often is the thing that happens when we're hanging on with this, you know, this really tight stranglehold on things. We can't bring in any new opportunities because we're just holding on so tight. And it's a hard, like it's hard. Surrendering, to me, that surrendering is about trusting that it will be okay And sometimes when we're going through stuff, it's really hard to go, actually, I'm not sure whether it is going to be okay. It can be easy to really second guess things. My daughter's going through an experience at the moment where she's looking for new accommodation and she's been looking for ages and ages. And then out of the blue, one option came up, so she accepted it. But the option she really wanted that she's been hanging, waiting to hear back from for the last couple of months you know, I think within two days of this other option coming up, it's come up for her and now she has to make a decision. It's just like, but if I accept one, does that mean that the other one, she's still waiting to hear some bits and pieces? And I said, trust that whatever decision you make, it will be okay because if you sit and worry about it and, you know, try and second guess what's happening and what's happening, you can't move that process quicker, but by stepping back and, surrendering and trusting that it will be okay having faith that's a hard thing but that's where if we can get to that space I think that's a really good space to be
1: yeah and I think too that you don't like we saw so many other people who had been you know in our situation where they would just it was like they see it as a not a life sentence but yeah. they wouldn't When they were there, wouldn't experience things or go to different places because they're like, we're just here to, we'll just do our time and then we'll. It's like, well, I think I got to that point where we were like, well, when are we going to get this opportunity again to come here, and let's experience every chance of it that we get. And the one regret that – and I think that this is where I've changed is is that the relationships we started to make down there were towards – I think it was – so we were there for four years and relationships kind of evolved, but it was the last two years where we really got to have those. So I think that's where now I've kind of said to myself, well, if I want that again and to have those relationships, be confident – because I know work's okay now because I've been able to move again, work's all good, right, and now I can go and actually work on finding my people or my networks like I have been, but I need to do that sooner than later than waiting until we're halfway through leaving again or something like that. Oh,
0: that's very cool because it's about, you know, learning from mm-hmm. what was happening But also your outlook on life, like getting back to that positive outlook on life. You could, you're there for four years. So you could either be there for four years and have a really shitty time, or you can go, let's, we're here for four years, so let's make the most of the opportunity that we have. That's how I live life. I live life going, you know what, I've got, I'm sure I've had lots of lifetimes, but I have this one time, this one life now to live. I'm going to make the, the best of this life because it can go too quickly and yeah. it's about how can I create this to be my best and most beautiful life and what can I do those days when I'm feeling like mm, 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 mm. it's like well is that actually living my best life no yeah. like stay stuck in this mm.
1: and I don't think too that you know I do still go and my boss picks on one at a time where I do have those moments of not being confident yeah and it's just he goes it, it's that It's not looking to them to give me that reassurance that as well that I am doing the right thing. I need to know that no matter what I do in terms of my decisions, that as long as I'm happy with them or I've made my peace to say, yep, that's what I thought was right in the moment, if it was wrong, that's okay because it's just a learning and that's okay as well. And I think that's the biggest thing with confidence is is that, You can be confident in the moment, but doesn't mean the outcome has to be perfect. Like you can, it it just, it's just that it could either end up a different way or you just need self belief that, you know, someone's going to back you or catch you if you fall, I guess, if it's the wrong one, that you've got that support. And that's why that plan's really important around, well, I've actually thought about this. If this happens and I do this, I'm confident I've done the right thing. This yeah. person will catch me if I fall. And if they're not there, that's okay because I thought it was the right thing to do. Oh, my gosh. Casey,
0: that is awesome because it's about having that confidence in yourself. And, sure, it's great to get reassurance from others just to, to check in that we're on the right path. But I think if we rely on others If we put our value in their hands, that's hard. It's about, you know, if we can put our hands on our hearts, and I often have this as a measuring stick, that if I can, at the end of the day, put my hand on my heart, that I made that decision in good faith with, you know, as much insight and information as I possibly can. And if I can sleep at night, then that's a good thing. So it it might not work out (laughs) how I want it to, but that's often the universe saying that yeah i've got some other plans for you I've got some other yeah plans. Or it
1: would be hey listen this probably wasn't but you've got to try again one of my mentors always said sometimes it's not the first idea that you come up with that you grip onto or the first thing you try it could be the third or the fourth thing that actually works so you can't let the fear of you know, constantly failing as well at some stuff because there are going to be moments where you're going to feel like you're not getting a win, yeah. but it will come. And some things you can't get what I like to call the sugar hit from where you're getting yeah. those quick wins all the time. There are going to be things that are going to have that slower burn where you're going to get the, the big win at the end.
0: Oh, Casey, this has just been beautiful. So you're working – so you've been in Canberra now for not quite 12 months Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And what have you been doing to create those connections here that you've learned to do that quicker? What have you been doing?
1: Probably a couple of different things. So I'm quite lucky because I work from home and I travel to Sydney sometimes for work and I only go for maybe once a week. It's about making sure you can – I've been trying to balance my Sydney life with my – I like to call my Canberra life. So when I'm in Sydney, allowing enough time to catch up with my people who are there who I haven't been able to catch up with with some time and actually spend the time with them instead of jamming my diary full of work stuff, actually having that time out for them. And then I think from a like when I look at my Canberra life as well, it's making sure that I'm doing bits and pieces of stuff, but it's not overwhelming. So I've been to a couple of the happiness heights, and that was really good just in terms of, you know, just having different people to talk to. It's not a mums and bubs club, which I love. But there's a mixture of people there with all different life experiences or stages of life, which I find quite comforting because I've always thought that, Someone's circumstances had to be the same as mine for me oh, to be able to them. Yeah. Whereas I think that's really broadened my mindset a little bit to go, all right, well, people can empathise with me still because they understand that, hey, I might not be a mum with kids, but I still do have family, a life, a job that's really important. And, you know, there are things that I go through which are similar to what they go through as well. So, yeah, I found that's been really beneficial. I've been to a couple of the – I went to one of the CBR events as well, which was good to catch up with a couple of the ladies there. So And it was nice to have that work side of it, understand what people are doing from a entrepreneurial, I would say, kind of vibe and – What I took away from that was not the fact that, hey, listen, I'm going to go and come up with a brilliant idea and start up my own business, but that actually helped a lot with thinking about just positioning myself at work and branding and stuff like that of my own corporate image. So I've really liked what I've been able to take away from that as well. And then I've been also just with the people that we do know here, trying to do different things with them or, you know, bringing them along to things with me as well, like the Happiness Hive or going for walks and stuff like that as well. So that's been uh, really positive. So I think that's really helped overall in terms of me settling back in, I guess, or getting that life started again down here.
0: And it's it sounds like you're being very proactive about the connections to maintain current connections And to look for opportunities to establish new connections, but with a variety of people. So you're not locking yourself into any, you know, one area. It's about seeing the value in a variety of areas. And you were even talking about, you know, creating your own kind of space where people can come along and connect
1: as well. Yeah, I think that'll be on the list if I do. (laughs) <laughs> I did find something similar to what I wanted to do, which is called meetups. I think it's Oh called. nice. Perfect. So yeah. what I was thinking is is that maybe I'll start to as part of my developing more relationships to start attending some of those events Absolutely. and then maybe learn about, you know, how they do it and to see the types of people and, you know, the different events that they hold and stuff because there's a big variety of them. There was trivia nights to walking groups and everything as well. So I think that's where I'm, I've kind of pivoted a little bit to go, all right, cool, maybe I'll try that first, see what's out there and then if it doesn't suit particularly what I am after, then maybe that then it's hey I'd love to do the events because I love hosting people. Yeah. Every time we do something at home, it's always all out. You know, yeah. we did a grand final party and I had everything organised: balloons, streamers. You know, I love to entertain, so yeah. I think it's that's my creative kind of flair. Yeah. Got that a little bit too. So I think. If I find in here I might be able to help maybe organise some events with somebody or if I can later on maybe it'll progress into maybe I'll set up my own event or something.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. I really love that. And then meetups, um, I'd forgotten all about that, but there are lots out there where people meet up for different things and it's about finding your tribe and hanging out with your tribe and I love, love, love that. So what's next for you? What's What's next, busy at work, busy in life?
1: Yeah, so now, yeah, at the moment things feel like they're on the up with life at the moment I would say and it's it's probably bad to say that because we should think about life as always on the up because we're alive and I forget that sometimes. But I think, you know, this is a busy time of year we're going into. Everybody's trying to get everything done before the end of the year. So there's a couple of things that I need to make sure I I'm really prone to burnout by the end of the year, so I'm going to be really conscious about just making sure that I'm aware of what's going on, not taking too much on. I get really excited about this time of year because it's social season and connecting with people, seeing people, family, and then um, hopefully taking a big period off over Christmas to do some travel, so that would be good.
0: Oh, that sounds beautiful. And we've got your Insta handle in the show notes as well if people want to reach out and connect with you because Casey is the Queen of Connection. And so we've got your Instagram. It'll be in the show notes. So if you're looking for Casey's Instagram, that's in the show notes. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate that for you joining us. And I really look forward to seeing you in person at our Happiness Hangouts. And for those of you that are here in Canberra, I host those the first Wednesday of the month. It's an evening event, and the link will be in the the show notes as well. And if you're not in Canberra, there's another little thing that I'm currently running called the Spark Sessions, and they're online just where I answer. They're kind of like spotlight coaching sessions every Tuesday evening for an hour, and you can join just through Zoom there. So if anybody's interested in that, in connecting... So those details will be in the show notes. Casey, thank you so much. Thank you.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you having me on as well.
0: Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. You can spread the love by sharing it with a friend so she can have a little bit of what we had today. And don't forget to rate and review so we can get it into as many hearts and ears as possible. You can keep the conversation going on my Happiness Hive socials. And if you'd like some more high-vibe happiness in your life, Come and join me in our community of inspired and motivated women at the Happiness Lounge. This is my online membership club and your central hub for everything you will need to be truly happy and bounce out of bed every day living and loving your best and most beautiful life. To find out more, pop over to the Happiness Hive website and click on the link Working with Catherine. Until next time, big hugs and happiness.